Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Armor. I'm your co-host, Big Brother Boone, and I'm joined by my co-hosting partners. This is Joe. And this is Russ. What's happening, fellas? What's happening? And what's up, BDB? How you been, brother? I was okay until I heard Dr. Sullivan. That her podcast, um, if you haven't heard it yet, you better go listen to it because she's gonna drop some nuggets on you that's gonna change your life. You gotta have thick skin though. Yes, you yeah. do. Be ready. Be ready to say ouch. <laughs> yes, sir. Righty. So we have a new one. New uh new podcast, ready to roll. Yes, sir. Yeah, this- this is one that we've been uh, waiting for. We've been anticipating this one. So this yes. is going to be uh, good information. Absolutely. So today we're, we're, we're going to have uh, Dr. Carlton Bell with us. He's the president and CEO of iTriumph Enterprises. And right. we're going to uh, uh, talk about the mastery of real estate. Dr. Bell, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So why don't you, uh, as we're getting started, how about if you would just give us a little bit of your background? Sure. Um, I am originally from the Newport News Hampton area down in Virginia with a Marine Corps background, uh, served eight years in the United States Marine Corps, got out of the Marine Corps, moved to the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area where I worked uh, with a real estate investment and trust company, uh, third-party property management. Um, worked there as a, as an assistant controller uh, with an accounting background and then had this epiphany that I wanted to figure out what the guys uh, that were in the office, in the offices that outlined the building, how come I was signing checks for those guys that were, that were uh, triple and quadruple my salary that I was making on an annual basis. So I went I went to one of the guys that I had a relationship with and just asked him, what is it that you guys actually do? And they told me they were commercial real estate brokers. So that prompted me to get my real estate license. So that was in uh, 2002, in July of 2002. Um, so I've been a, a licensed real estate broker uh, in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area for the for the last two plus decades, actually. Um, I've been... In the, I've been the rookie realtor of the year for Prince George's County. I've been in the top one percent of all real estate agents in the Washington D.C. metropolitan area, and then I've owned my own mom and pop shop. You know where we carry anywhere between ten to probably about twenty agents at a time. Um, when the market started to shift, you know, after doing it for I would say probably about 10, 12 years, I kind of got bored with the day-to-day transactional business. So I was looking for something a little different to do. And I knew at that particular time, a lot of people were running towards foreclosures when our county was going through the, the downward spiral in 2008, 2009, when the market had crashed and everybody was looking to do foreclosures and jump into investments. I decided to go in a different direction. I decided to really start to look at real estate coaching and see exactly how I could provide a need based on my knowledge and my credibility within the industry to start helping those individuals that were struggling in real estate. So my my background probably for the last, I would say eight years, 
I've been a certified real estate business development coach. Um, I'm also a John Maxwell uh, certified individual in speaking, coaching, training, and behavior analysis. That's the disassessment for, for individuals that are not aware of that. So we can really break down the personality types of the individuals that we're doing business with, as well as break down the personality type of the individual to know exactly who, what client is a good fit for you. So I am in the process now of coaching clients. I, I've coached anywhere between 40 to 50 clients um, nationwide. I have clients all over the country. I have clients in in Canada as well as British Columbia as well. So um, my 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 current status right now is I'm not so much doing any more transactional business. My business is probably 85, 90% uh, business development coaching for real estate professionals specifically, and probably 10 to maybe 15% of transactional business. And that's just with my past customers and clients, my database, friends and family. Wow. Wow. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I was going to going to take a, a trip back in down memory lane. Uh, I remember when uh, my wife and I, I had a home in DC and, and I was looking at selling it some years ago. And the real estate agent that I was working with at the time was only licensed in Maryland. And she said, you know, I'm not licensed in DC, but I'll um, bring my mentor and mm -hmm. and you can uh, he can share some wisdom with you about what you can do on the with the market or in the DC market. And when we opened the door after the doorbell rang, Carlton <laughs> Bell, <laughs> Doctor Bell was the one that stepped up to the plate. So uh -huh. that was a it, that was a great great history lesson there for me. Um, just understanding your knowledge base in in that area, but now to understand where you've where you've developed and gone is, is really, really uh, impressive. Yeah. I think it's, it's extremely important. The, the path that I've decided to go down, you know, being a licensed broker in Maryland, DC and Virginia and, and being the former president of the brokers association, you have an opportunity to meet a lot of people. And what I was coming across Joe was that some of the people, a lot of the people, agents uh, specifically, were actually struggling with some of the same issues, mm -hmm. you know, and I was hearing a lot of those issues from my agents. We were successful in working through, you know, those problems and making them successful in the business. So I said, hey, man, why not do this thing on my own? So what I actually did, man, was I was able to connect with the number one real estate coaching company in the country. And for, I would probably say five or six years, I was the only African-American that they had on the staff in the coaching position. Wow. So what it did, it gave me an opportunity to see, especially within our community, um, how we interact and how we do business mm -hmm. in comparison to other communities and how they view things and how they're willing to invest in their business. So I thought it was extremely important for me to to really take a closer look at it and see what I could offer, you know, not just African-Americans, but individuals who were a little leery about investing in themselves mm -hmm. in their business. And that's the journey that I've been on for the last couple of years. That's wow. powerful. So um, 
Russ, I'm sure his uh, his wheels are spinning there because this is another uh, gentleman who's into real estate and and uh, Russ is, is uh, has been doing that for a number of years. And we have a lot of conversations about it. So this is a perfect, perfect lineup here. Well, you, you know, we have some heavy, heavy hitters on on the podcast today. So I really <laughs> I'm, I'm in a I'm in a learning absorption mode. I want to learn as much as I can. Yeah, so, that's good. Tell tell us uh, how long has uh, I Triumph been in business? Since two thousand and nine. Oh, okay. Um, okay. You did yeah, what we, yeah. Since two thousand and nine, what we did in two thousand and nine, we opened we actually opened the real estate brokerage in two thousand and nine. In two thousand nine, so instead of retreating and going in the opposite direction when the market was crashing, mm-hmm. we took advantage of the opportunity because we know that when we're in a downward market, this is when the wealthy become even more wealthier, the rich become wealthy, and then those that are apprehensive or those that don't have any money, they stand on the sideline and watch the parade go by. So we kind of <laughs> we jumped in head and said, hey, man, let's open up this company and see if we can make it, see how much money we can make by helping as many people as we can. Wow. Dr. You the- said a mouthful right there. That uh, and I'm going to piggyback on that because when you said in 2008, 2009, when the market was crashing, Mm -hmm. that's when I got, that's when I became officially a real estate investor. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was was very interesting. You were, you were talking about that, how people, you know, sit on the sideline. And I remember being in many, uh, you know, meetings and a lot, meeting a lot of investors, but that was the time to get in. Um, You know, especially now, you know, looking, looking back, uh, 15, 15 years or so, um, that was the time to get in. And I, and I, it's interesting that you took the path of real estate agent. I was going to take that path, but went into real estate investing uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, n- number one, unfor- not unfortunately, but um, I knew that I couldn't do certain things on the investor side if I was an agent. And, you know, we're talking about ethics. I'm sure you're familiar with right. ethics. Um, but that being said, I learned a lot. Uh, I was always ethical in dealing with uh uh, my uh, my clients. I was into pre foreclosures at the time, and that's that's how I got started doing yeah. pre foreclosures. That that's interesting that you should say that, uh, Mr. Gordon, because initially that was my path, also, mm. and and the the agent that I was working with that was sending me properties was not sending me properties in a timely manner, and I was missing out on opportunities. Uh. So at that particular time, I decided to get the license. Now. After I got the license, I, I soon discovered that I could have just joined the MLS and not gotten the license <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> as a civilian, yeah. you know, but once I got in and I did my first transaction and I kind of got sucked in at that particular point because the passion started to develop for helping people. Got it. Love it. Love it. That's a lot right there. Passion. That's uh, that's beautiful. It's interesting you said that. I, I, I developed the same type of passion. Again, I wasn't an agent, but helping people in pre-foreclosures, um, mm-hmm. I remember I developed a passion in helping people. And just real briefly, I, I gave them, I, when I sat down with them, and this is mostly in Prince George's County, I gave them the three options, which were obviously uh, bankruptcy to stop the foreclosure, um, yeah. selling the house. And then I had a group of agents that I would refer people to. If that's, And then I would, and, and then back then we did, of rent to own or or uh, rent buybacks, mm-hmm. and what was interesting um, 
was during that time, I developed a passion for helping people. And when you give people the options and then educate them on the pros and cons of each decision, I found myself in a, in a great place. I remember helping many people. There's few I couldn't help, but at the end of the day, I developed a passion for it. And that's, that's what put me where I am now in real estate to this day. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people uh, didn't develop that passion. They actually were taking advantage of folks back yes, then. Sir. And yes, that's, the, that's why we have in place now the predatory uh, practices for yep. for uh, investors and lenders and things of that nature, because they were doing those rent backs, yes. you know, and then coming right in and, and foreclosing. So they were doing quick claim deeds for yep. the, for the investor to take the property with the promise that you can stay here until you get your credit and get your money and everything together. And then the investor would turn around and foreclose on them and put them out. So, so, but things are a little bit different now. Absolutely. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Which is a very, very, very good thing. Which yeah. is a good- so that that's, that's really powerful because, and the, the part that you had mentioned about people not having the education and you wanting being, being a, wanting to help them with that, mm-hmm. the, getting the understanding because I believe, and I'll speak for myself, not knowing a lot about real estate and not knowing a lot about the laws and the bylaws and how that all works, you you are really lost at what to do, especially if you're if you're in trouble. You know, if you're in a place where I can remember some many, many years ago when I was uh, a first first time homeowner and I was at almost at a point of foreclosure. And I, yeah. I was panicking mm-hmm. because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to reach out to. And so um, having having uh, this type of opportunity to learn from someone who's been in the business and can tell tell someone how to navigate those waters is so powerful and, and well, so much needed. So uh, you thank know, you. It- the biggest downfall that that I that I've come to to understand with with people in that position, especially within the African American community, mm-hmm. is the lack of education. Yes. So one of the things that we did was we implemented programs like financial literacy, education, credit awareness to right. make them aware as to where they were and what their options were. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people believe that. It, foreclosure or bankruptcy is the only option. That's not the only option. You have forbearance, you have a whole lot of other things that you can do. The forbearance is nothing more than taking what you have in arrears and rolling it to the back of the mortgage and keep moving, you know, um, but you have loan modifications. There's a lot of things that you can do, but during that particular time, the hot button, the hot button was short sale to prevent Mm -hmm. foreclosure. Mm -hmm. And banks were really tight on approving short sales. And now that the market has ascended to where it is now, um, there's a huge myth out there in regards to current market conditions and if the market is going to crash and if we're going to repeat a 2008, 2009, 2010 scenario. And I can I can boldly say that, that we're nowhere near that. Uh, the, the only issue that we have right now is the chairman of the Federal Reserve really being concise in his decision making when it comes to the interest rates. The market is going to be what the market is going to be. It's like I said before, you either are going to do one of three things, get even more wealthier, go from rich to wealthy, or stand on the sideline and watch the parade go by. And those that are standing on the sideline 
are the ones that truly believe that either housing prices are going to go down or the interest rate is going to adjust and go down, or I really want to wait until I can find a good deal. Newsflash, there aren't any good deals. It is what it is. And it's probably going to be like this until I could probably say the end of the first quarter of 24, probably going into the middle of the second quarter of 24. Then we'll probably see a little bit of adjustment in the market and in the interest rate at that particular time. But right now, for the foreseeable future, it's not going to happen. Wow. Wow. You just you just dropped a, a, a big, big nugget. That's bigger than a nugget. That's a yeah. <laughs> a boulder. Yeah. Uh, but but reality is is, is important. So understanding where we stand in, in reality will help us make better choices in the future. Yeah, you have to make sure you have to make sure that you, one, are financially literate to understand exactly what's going on and your and understanding your credit and how credit operates and how credit moves and what credit will give you as far as the ability to make those moves in real estate is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So, so I want to ask you, um, before we take a break, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll delve into what uh, I understand that you have a podcast that you want to definitely talk about. But yes, before we go to break, what did what would you say are the top three things if you can narrow it down to top three that you think everyone that needs to know about being successful as a real estate investor? Absolutely. I would say uh, top three things to being a successful investor is one, you got to know your after repair value numbers, point blank. You got to know that with accuracy, meaning you have to know what the comps are, what homes are selling for in the community, what they're going for. Two, you got to be able to have contractors on hand. You got to be able to do budgets. You got to be able to scope the work out, know the numbers from the scope of the work and things of that nature. And then three, you just got to know your numbers, cash to purchase, carrying costs, budget costs, size of the sale, the cost of the sale. And then if there's going to be a return on your investment and how tight that window is. A lot of investors miss the mark because they want to they want to jump in and they're looking for the big deals where they can net, let's say, anywhere between 60, 70 to 100,000, mm -hmm. you know, but you can make a lot of money by wholesaling the deal and make a quick 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 there. And then don't worry about the carrying costs and all that other stuff. Let somebody else worry about that. Get the bag and get the money and move on to the next one and then build up your cash flow to where you can now go in and not just focus on single family properties, but you can step your game up and start looking at multifamily and commercial properties. Love it. So, wow. Um, Yes. Wow. You know, I think uh, HG, HGTV sells a pipe dream for a lot of people because they sit and watch these shows and they think, OK, I'm going to go in and I'm going to flip yeah. this uh, property for a hot fifty, sixty thousand dollars. That might not be the case. Yeah, that very well may not be the case. If yeah. you can, if you can wholesale the deal and make 10 or 15 thousand, you know, let's say in a day or two, then take the wholesale deal, make the money, stack your capital, and then build enough capital to where you can become the hard money lender yourself and, you and not rely yeah. on someone else's money. You can use your own money. 
Love it. Yes, sir. Leverage, leverage your capital. Leverage. leverage is everything. Yeah. All right, folks. You, you're hearing it. I hope you have your notepads out. You're taking notes. And yeah. um, and this is a, a, a lesson. This is a lesson that you just won't get sitting in sitting um back watching TV. This is real life understanding of the market. So we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and uh, and Dr. Bell is going to share with us about his upcoming podcast. Hey, what's up, fellas? If you're looking for healthy, thought-provoking conversations on a variety of topics dealing with life issues, be a transparent, open dialogue for men who need a dose of honest, engaging, and heartfelt discussions. Tune in to Inside the Armor, airing Mondays at 8 a.m., Hosted by Joe, Russ, and yours truly, Boom. We would love to have you vibe with us as we talk about our trials and our triumphs, our messes and our successes. Join us for Inside the Armor, Mondays at 8 a.m. Iron Sharpening Iron, one podcast at a time. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, Check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. Welcome back. Our special guest is Dr. Carlton Bell. Thank you for dropping some knowledge on us during the first segment, Dr. Bell. My brother Russ was just grinning like a Cheshire cat because you were <laughs> definitely in his wheelhouse. I mean, you were you were in his wheelhouse. Talk Ain't to me, that. Russ. Was he's he in your right. wheelhouse? He was right there. I was, I was <laughs> nodding my head. Yes, yes. Yep, all of me, yep. yes. So, yeah. Good hey. stuff. Yeah, that was good stuff. So, so now that we're back, and uh, we we definitely, definitely want to talk about your upcoming podcast because you've shared so much about how you're the lead of your heart to help people, mm-hmm. and I think that your podcast, I'm going to let you speak to it, is just another avenue to be able to touch lives. So, why don't you share? Sure. The the podcast um, is called the the Real Estate Mastery Podcast, where greatness awaits you. So what we are what we're looking to do is really connect with uh, licensed real estate practitioners uh, within the current 
market that we're in right now. But mm-hmm. we're looking to touch agents all over the country, sales professionals all over the country. And what we're looking to do is really dive into the complexities of establishing new business opportunities for them, uh, implementing accountability, developing mental toughness. Uh, a lot of people want to say that they need to be motivated. Um, I, I hate the word motivated motivation because motivation is fickle, man. It comes and it goes. You know, you could wake up one day motivated and then say around mm-hmm. 10 o'clock, you ain't motivated no more. You want to go hit some golf balls mm-hmm. or do something like that. You know, so I, I love to instill into people mental toughness because it's the mental toughness that they need when they run into that brick wall to be able to push through it when things are not working in the manner in which they would like for it to work. So you need that mental toughness, especially in challenging markets like we're in right now where you have low inventory, you know, you have higher home prices, you have higher interest rates. And a lot of agents, you know, in the industry really don't have an idea of what to do or how to proceed or how to get out of the rut that they're in. So what we really want to do is really dive into that and give them solutions to help them push through those difficult times. We want to also provide them with an outline and explain the four personality types that individuals possess, because I think it's extremely important for you as the uh, as the practitioner to know the personality type, not just your own personality, but who do you work best with? What type of individual? do you work best with? Who's What personality type fits into your wheelhouse to where you guys get along and it's not challenging? I know all of us have been in relationships, have had experiences, you know, um, to where the individual on the other side of the fence, you just didn't get along with them. Mm-hmm. Co-workers, whatever the case may be. So we want to make sure that they understand the four personality types that individuals possess, and then really understand the difference between marketing and branding. There's a big difference between marketing and branding. Your brand is basically who is it that you want people to see you as and who is it that your brand represents. The marketing is nothing more than what it is that you're trying to sell them at that particular time that you want them to buy. You know, so we really want to look at that. And then all the while by enhancing the growth and the development of your business through learning and incorporating artificial intelligence. I think right now, AI is the hot button in every industry across the board, especially in real estate. I think it's going to I think it has already started to revolutionize the way that we look at business. If you are the the um, the beginning investor or if you are a savvy investor Artificial intelligence will help you in your business. There are different nuances and things that you can do through AI to generate more more, uh, listing opportunities or purchase opportunities for you as the investor. On the sales side, if you're a practitioner, there's so much that you can do with the artificial intelligence through the chat GPT and the various other modules that are out there that can enhance and develop and help you grow your business. So what are we primarily looking for? We're primarily looking for ambitious new real estate agents, seasoned professionals, team leaders, broker owners who are looking to expand their company, or even if you are a declining rock star, 
meaning that you were at the top of your game 2003, 2004, 2005, all the way up into the crash, and you've been struggling to get back on top, then our podcast will serve the needs of those individuals. So what we're looking for is to really have those individuals tune in, get as much information from us as we can deliver, but also use the podcast as a platform to build our coaching client base. So I think we'll do the podcast twice a month, you know, and, and depending on uh, how we market it, how it's viewed, what the numbers look like, then we may go to a weekly podcast. But we're looking to also have it streamed on on all major streaming networks. That's what we're looking for. That's what the podcast is 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 intended to do. Awesome. awesome. All right. So so the the podcast will be. Um, uh, it will be released through Elite Conversations. Absolutely. Just as you are listening to this podcast through Elite Conversations. Absolutely. And, and don't miss on all of the information that's going to come across, that's going to be available to you, the learning uh, opportunities and being able to deep dive into some of the real estate conversations with uh, Dr. Bell, who's been in the game for some time now and definitely as uh has your best interest at heart he's not he's not just doing this to uh sell fluff tickets he's in this to help you grow your business and to be savvy in the market so that you will have a long uh longevity in in the market so uh we thank you for that dr bell definitely we yeah. we really want to be we really want to be the solution to the to the average real estate agents uh, issues and concerns. We want to be able to provide a premier coaching service, a premier coaching program, you know, that gives direction, tactics, expert knowledge, supercharge their business, give them the tools that they need to really get beyond the limiting beliefs that a lot of agents have right now in their business. So we want to try to help them shore up, build their knowledge, and through our transformative coaching uh, experience, we want to make sure that they're that they're taking their business to the next level, not just income based, but also building and developing relationships also. Yes, yes. And relationships are the foundation of it all, right? Yeah, so sustainability is what we're really talking about. Sustainability, yeah. Sustainability, yeah. sustainability. Because in the industry right now, uh, we're seeing a downward spiral of agents that are getting out. Because they feel like the market is just too hard. You know, mm-hmm. the average agent doesn't know exactly what to do or what to say to that homeowner that has been living in his house, let's say, for the past 10, 15 years and has the three and a half percent interest rate. And the interest rate right now was roughly right around seven, seven and a half percent. So he doesn't know what to say or she doesn't know what to say to that particular homeowner. You know, in regard because the interest rate is so high right now, or the interest rate is considered to be high right now. Um, I was having a conversation on a coaching call earlier today, and I was telling a, a, a young lady that 30 years ago I bought my house, 1993. Guess what the interest rate was in 1993 when we bought this house in April of 93? It was seven and a half percent. Yeah, yeah. The same thing that it is right now. Mm-hmm. So, so the agents, the broker owners. The the investors, they need to be able to effectively communicate to the consumer exactly what's going on in the market. Don't focus so much. And I tell all my agents, 
don't focus on the interest rate. Focus on the market and what the market is doing. Mm, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Focus on the market. Don't focus, focus on the, the interest rate because life is going to continue to happen. Yeah. And believe me, if somebody on your block is going to sell that house and it is a proven fact that when someone sells a house, usually two more have a tendency to sell right away. So do you want to be that practitioner that sells all three of those houses? Or do you want to be the practitioner that, like I said before, standing on the sideline watching someone else sell those houses? Mm -hmm. So you want to instill and help them grow and develop and know exactly what their value is. Love it. Wow. So yeah. so for for the consumer that that uh is on the uh, uh the buying end of that and you know, I don't want you to have to go too deep into it, but how do you uh, share with the consumer that this, the, the, where, where the interest rates are, are higher and they feel as though that they not, they're not able to afford uh, the house that they want based on where the interest rates are right now. So. Joe, that's a great question. Uh, what, what I always in, instruct my, my coaching clients is, Educate them on the market and what's going on in the market. The biggest thing that I can say that the consumer does is that people spend money where they want to spend money. They do what they want to do. It all depends on the life circumstances of that particular individual. A seven to a seven and a half percent interest rate is not a bad interest rate. The only problem is, is that they're still holding on to the three and a half, the three and a quarter, the 4% interest rate. It, those days are long gone, man. We're not going to see those days anymore. That was a once in a lifetime opportunity. If you were able to take advantage of it at that particular time, you have to remember the interest rate was low, but the price of housing was, was just running rampant as yes. far as the increase in housing. So what you were finding at that particular time, low interest rates, but 25 to 30 contracts per one house. Mm -hmm. There was people willing to, willing to pay what we call as the appraisal gap, the difference between the, the, the actual appraisal and what you write the contract for. So mm -hmm. you still have people in the market today that are paying anywhere between 50 to 100,000, depending on what market you're in for a particular house, because it's a desired need couple of things that people got to have they got to have air mm -hmm. that's free depend or depending on what gas station you go to they might charge you for it mm -hmm. <laughs> people got to have food people mm -hmm. got to have water mm -hmm. we got to have shelter the only problem is is how much money are you willing to pay for the shelter mm -hmm. that's it and as your family grow if you are if you are a younger family and you are still having children, as your family grows, you're going to grow out of the house that you're in. So that startup townhome with the smaller bedrooms and things of that nature becomes obsolete at some point. Mm -hmm. So you have to step up to the plate. But then you also have to realize that the interest rate isn't going to be at seven and a half percent for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, so I hear a lot of people say, well, don't marry the interest rate, marry the house. And then come back and refinance, you know, when it's when it's when it's more affordable for you at that particular time. Yeah, that's a good strategy. But I think you really need to have the conversation with them, not so much surrounding the interest rate, but surrounding the potential 
equity in the property and the cash value that it's going to give them once they're in the house for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. In our market right now, if you're in the DC market, the appreciation of real estate is anywhere between, I would probably say 12 to 15%, depending on where you are and what part of town you're in in the DC market. Mm. If you're in Virginia, it's anywhere between 11 to 12%. If you're in Maryland in the Prince George's County, Charles County area, uh, Anne Arundel County area, Howard County area, the, the annual appreciation rate is anywhere between 10, nine to 10%. You know, so you really have to look at how is the home that you're actually going to invest in and you have to look at it as an investment going to appreciate in value. And as it appreciates in value, then you have to really say, OK, this is a great investment. I'm not concerned about the interest rate because I can make the payment. And as long as you can make the payment, you may have to make some adjustments in other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. But it's still a good time to purchase real estate at this particular moment. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I like it. So, Russ, what do you have? I see, I see the uh, smoke coming out your ears, man. Everything he said, I just concur with because he's spot on with everything he was saying. I, I, uh, I agree with him one hundred percent. I was, I think it was interesting when he was. I was listening to his passion to help professionals. Uh, and I have the uh, doc. I, I know you don't know me very well, but I have the same passion for helping young investors. Uh, mm -hmm. I, met, I mentor anywhere between right now, anywhere between one and three young investors. Uh, I mentor young boys uh, here in Montgomery County. I have two of them, uh, three of them. I'm sorry, three of them saving up their money right now. Uh, and these are 19, 20 year old kids who are single, working hard. And I have them saving money to invest in um, some of my rental property to teach them to one of your points, equity, the value of, of, uh, you know, investing in real estate. So again, I have that same similar passion. That's, it's, you know, again, just more on the investor side, but I, I admire what you're doing. I think it's a, it's a great cause. And I, I know you're going to, you are, you are successful, obviously, but I look for even further success for your, uh, your efforts. Cause, uh, I think they're well needed. And, um, and, uh, uh I think it's a great thing. I, I think, you know, you have you have a lot of podcasts out there where where they're talking about um, how to invest in real estate, um, the nuances of real estate. But you and you may have a few out there that are talking about uh, coaching and and what to do, how to grow your business, things of that nature. But I really want my podcast to be focused and really uh, horn in on the African-American community and the practitioners that I have here. Um, one of the organizations that I belong in, they have an annual event every single year. And last year I had the privilege to be one of the presenters at this conference. And the conference had roughly about 7,000 people. In wow. So with that being said, we had it was less than 10% representation of us mm. this conference. I can believe that. And, and at this conference, what you had was the top producing real estate practitioners and professionals in the market across the country. Okay. Across the country. Cool. So when you when when I when I can stand on 
when I can stand on a stage and I can look out at the audience and I can literally see people in the audience that look like me, but the majority of the room does not look like me, mm-hmm. then that says to me that there's a need within our community. There's a need within the space for people that look like me because they don't either one, see the value in their business or two, they don't run it like a business or Mm -hmm. three, they're not willing to invest in their business. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. and you can look at that for what it's worth because no CEO of any fortune 500 company of any business, they all know their numbers. Mm -hmm. I find real estate uh, professionals that don't know their numbers they have absolutely no idea how much it costs to run their house on a monthly basis. They have no business plan in place. They have no accountability in place. They have no one and no th- nothing to keep them on track to help them reach their goal. They have no they have no retirement plan in mm. place. Mm. You know, they have none of that in place. So my question to them is, what are you going to do when you wake up? And you're in the fourth quarter of your life and you've been in this business for X number of years and you have nothing to show for it.